Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'm your host, David Gasper. Alongside me this week, Matthew Dwoskin, my site co-expert here at Reviewing the Brew, and former site expert. We brought him back for this week's episode of the pod, Trevor Huth. Trevor and Matt, uh, glad to have you guys on. Glad to be back. I, I, I missed you, David. Trevor, missed you as well. I'm happy you guys asked me to be on here to see how much I forgot about the Milwaukee Brewers in the past couple months. So, well, this should be really fun. Well, you you were you were nice nice enough to let David and I on the uh, on the Redbird Rant podcast, and for that, I salute you. Yeah, that was a fun one. We guys we need to get you guys back on again. I'd be happy um, to go back on again. Yeah, oh, yeah, just that was a really fun one. <laughs> and just remind uh, the Cardinals fans listening to that Redbird Rants podcast about who the king in the NL Central. Really is, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I have an interesting take on that, actually. Oh, jeez. Um, Here we go. Your guys' uh, haunted hotel in Milwaukee is probably taken away from some of the ability to play. I'm just saying. Um, Carlos Martinez saw a ghost in that hotel, and he gave up what I think six or seven runs the next day. And Marcelo Zuna went 0 for four after seeing a ghost. So hey, I wrote about it today. I'm just saying. It's a thought. It's a theory. <laughs> Did that well, really happen? Yeah, the Fister Hotel yeah, is haunted. Cut, yeah, Cut Four uh, uh, released a whole thing. There's been a bunch of players. I think there were nine in total that had testimonials of seeing ghosts in the. Uh, I think it's called the Fister Hotel. The Fister, yeah, P F I S T E R, Fister. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Doug Fister, but Go- ghosts aren't real. So I don't know. I I barely that, know it, but. That's- <laughs> That's my that's my hot hot ghost take. Ghosts aren't real. So oh ooh, you don't say that around spooky season, man. Ghosts aren't real. All right, your house is definitely getting haunted now. No wait, my my house is my house was built in two thousand three, <laughs> so there hasn't been enough hasn't been around long enough for anybody to haunt it. That's what you think. <laughs> you're saying, you're saying like, like from like pioneer days, like you know somebody was shot on the site, and it it could have been a on ground. a formal Indian burial ground. Yeah, a formal Indian I, burial ground. I think I'd know it by now if it was. You never know. This is how you, this is how you start normal baseball podcasts, right? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, we started like this every single week. Have you not picked up on? Oh this? yeah. We yeah, always yeah, let, let, we always talk about haunted hotels. And Actually, you know, no, believe, having uh, Matthew's uh, no. house get haunted. I, no, last, last week it was Bigfoot, and and before that was the uh, Area Fifty Two discussion. And, and, and I mean Area Fifty One. It's Area Fifty One. That's, that, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> area Fifty One is a decoy. The real place where they hold the aliens is Area Fifty Two. Is that what you're that's telling me? Everybody's looking for Fifty One. Exactly. <laughs> 52 is like right down the road. Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> Just no one thinks of it. Hot take. It's underneath. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think um, that's 53. <laughs> anyways. So, anyways. <laughs> just try to get you guys back on track. Um, so, really, the big news for this past week uh, in Brewers country uh, has been really sad. Because Brewers pitching guru, wizard, uh, whatever you want to call him, the pitching coach, Derek Johnson, has left the Milwaukee Brewers. And now he's with the Cincinnati Reds. And just losing 
a guy like that who really he turned around this pitching staff when he came in three years ago. The Brewers pitchers were terrible. They were all, they were all young, and Johnson came in. He fixed guys like Chase Anderson and Zach Davies and Jimmy Nelson, yep. and he turned them into effective big league pitchers. And he was continuing. He was going to continue to do the same with the young guys that the Brewers had coming up, like Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, all those guys. And now Johnson has left, and he goes to the division rival. And I suppose now they're rivals because they stole our pitching coach, the Cincinnati Reds. And Matthew, what, what was your initial reaction when when you saw that move? Uh, initial reaction was, you know, actually, actually, I, I was kind of, I, I, I'm really more concerned that um, with Derek Johnson, you know, the the organization's pitching philosophy came from Derek Johnson, right? Okay, and that's real, and that's really more of uh, where my concern lies, like. Is, is are they going to be able to maintain the same direction, or is it going to have to be a completely different voice? So, um, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm really you know it, it it I need I need to see what the next move is. If they, if they just you know promote somebody internally, I think I'm going to be okay with it because it's probably you know a similar philosophy to Johnson's. But if it's somebody coming in from outside and you know wants to make changes, that might get me a little bit nervous, honestly. Trevor, when you first saw this, and I mean you. You knew about what Derek Johnson was and how he helped this Brewers team. Uh, what, what was your reaction when you saw Derek Johnson leaving for the Reds? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I was, you know, when I was writing about the Brewers and even learning about him because I came in not knowing a whole lot. Obviously, Derek Johnson was uh, somebody, a name who came up a lot. The pitchers really respected him. And, and uh, so that's a huge loss, um, especially out of a coaching position to lose somebody like that. And, um, I, I really thought, and this is, might sound a little weird, but I thought about uh, an ESPN 30 for 30 when they were doing the U. It was either in the first one or the second one, uh, where they're at like the height of, of, a, of a run, and the players campaign for a, a coach that was already on the coaching staff, and it, it cuts to a player, and he goes, and what he did when he came in was nothing. And that's kind of a, how I think the Brewers need to handle this, is find somebody internally who is going to just continue the – um, not crash the Ferrari, if you want to say, if you want to put it that way, just somebody who can come in and keep the philosophy going, and mm. and who can uh, really key in on the same things uh, Johnson did, because there are a lot of young, good young pitchers coming up who are are coming up with that philosophy and changing it could uh, really hurt some of the guys. Yeah, and I mean, I'll tell you what my initial reaction was when I when I saw the tweet from Ken Rosenthal that. Derek Johnson is leaving the Brewers. My initial reaction was, no, because I did not want to lose that guy. But, yeah, I, I agree with you guys that I think they got to go internally because he framed the whole organization's pitching philosophy and the coach that they have in, in their minor league system and just kind of throughout has, you know, they, they all have that same philosophy. They, they've been applying it to those minor league pitchers. And one internal option that I keep on coming back to is Chris Hook. He was the double-A pitching coach for several years, and he was promoted to the Brewers minor league roving pitching coordinator. So he's, he's kind of high up in the pitching ranks for the Brewers in the minor leagues. And a lot of the guys like Josh Hader and Brandon Woodruff and a lot of these pitchers have credited Hook for you know improvements that he's made for them and how he's 
gotten them to where they are, how he made them better, and how those guys really respect Chris Hook. So for me, I think Hook has to be one of the top guys on that short list for the next Brewers pitching coach. Actually, you know, this is, I, I, I guess this is a case where, you know, we can really find out how, just how good Johnson is, you know, just, you know going to the Reds and with, you know, with the issues they've had at the pit, in their pitching staff. So if, if, if he can, you know, you know, make a useful, you know, get a useful staff out of those guys, you know, maybe he really is a genius. And yeah, because maybe he was just bored. He fixed Milwaukee up enough and he's like, hey, how about yeah. a new challenge? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the Reds' pitchers were god awful last year. I mean, oh my God, were they bad? Like, I and mean, for a while. Well, yeah, but just looking like specifically last year, I mean, Homer Bailey was like one in fifteen or something. Like, like they had oh, no decent pitcher starting pitcher. He's been bad forever. You can't be like, oh, Homer Bailey was bad. That's normal. Yeah, he had <laughs> two no hitters. Okay, so yeah, he was good once. <laughs> yeah, he had two no hitters. Tim Tebow won a playoff game. They're good players, all right? So so it's fine, but no. Uh, yeah, Homer Bailey, he's really struggled. And and the Reds are like, we owe him so much money. We need him to be good because we can't just cut him. So they need to bring in Derek Johnson and pay him the money because you had to think they had to back up the armored car to, to Derek Johnson's front porch if they were going to pry him away from the Brewers. That sounds like what happened. Yeah, I mean, th- David Stern said that, uh, you know, negotiations were extensive and like they were really, really kind of deep into them. They were trying to figure out a new contract and then he just left. And now it's just moving on. But I mean, for me, I, I think the top internal option has to be um, Chris Hook, that, that minor league pitching coordinator. I mean, sure. Trevor, like, I, I don't know if you've heard anything about him in your travel and your travels around the minor leagues at all, but I I have not. Um, you don't you don't you don't have a Chris Hook take? I not on me. I mean, nah. I can probably find one. But this, this um, is what we get I for got, bringing a Cardinals heard. writer now onto the show who hasn't written about well, the Brewers in like months. And I even worked in the. Uh, I mean, when I was working with the Mud Hens, that's International League, and the Brewers are in the uh, Pacific Coast League for their AAA affiliate. Or they they were. I'm assuming they still are. Yeah, they still are. And yeah. uh, so I don't know much about Chris Hook, but what I do know, um, at least from my experience with the Mud Hens, is they uh, organizations really value those roving coaches. So I'm sure that Chris Hook is 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 up there. Um, there was a pitching vacancy for. Um, a pitching coach vacancy for the mud hens at some point, And they pulled in a guy who I guess he wasn't at the time he was in the lower ranks, but he used to be a roving coach for the Braves. So he's uh, they really do value that position um, whether they were there somewhere else. So I think Chris hook is, a, is probably a, a, a candidate that's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that's three coaches that the Brewers have lost since the end of the season. Derek Johnson joins Darnell Coles, the hitting coach and Lee tunnel, the bullpen coach on the way out the door and tunnel might've been a pitching coach option. Cause, cause he was the bullpen coach for a number of years, but um, he's now, he's now out the door and it's moving in a new direction uh, for, for that coaching staff. A lot of changes Craig council is going to have to make. And now just kind of getting back to the players a little bit, uh, a couple of news with player options, contract options um, over the past week. Mike Moustakis and, and Joaquin Soria declined their end of mutual options. 
So Moustakis, it, it doesn't matter what the Brewers wanted to do with Moustakis, even if they did exercise it. Moose wanted to go into free agency, try and get his long-term deal. Um, and Joachim Soria, he wasn't coming back anyways at $10 million. So they're both on the free agent market. And uh, Matthew, we'll start with you. Do you see any scenario in which Moustakis or Soria come back? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it would have to, you know, the if, if the offseason plays out the same way last year's did, and you know, and a lot were a lot of veteran guys for, you know, it was you know getting two, three, four weeks into spring training and still hadn't signed. Then, I, yeah, I could see Mustakas coming back or Soria actually. Um, if it's if, if if we're sitting on March first and Mustakas is still a free agent, you know, I. Why not? You know, you know, send, you know, send, you know, offer him you know a one-year deal at a reasonable rate and see and see if he bites. You know, see if he wants a job that bad. Um, I I guess you know with with the way the relief pitcher market has played out, you know, in, in recent seasons, that story is probably going to find a job fairly quickly. Um, if he doesn't, and he's sitting around, you know, in February, March, you know, why, why not? You know, send send a one-year. You know, there's just things a, a bad one-year deal. So. You know, you know, offer him a contract, see if he takes it. Yeah, I, I could see them coming back if under the right conditions. Yes. Yeah, Trevor, what about you? Do you, do you think that that Moose comes back at all? I don't think Moose comes back. No, um, I think that there's going to be enough buzz, and um, obviously the dominoes you're waiting to fall first are going to be Harper and and Machado because they're the the big money guys. Um, mm. Other than that, if teams are looking for a bat in their lineup to play third base. Um, I know on the Cardinal side, Moustakas' name has come up a lot. People would prefer Donaldson, but both of them are out there, and I think that there's enough of a, uh, a market for bats at this point where I don't think that Moustakas is going to be sitting around for um, all too long, and and I think he's going to be able to uh, make you know make more money than what the Brewers will offer him. So I don't see Moustakas coming back. Soria. Um, I think it's going to, I mean, it would have to play out kind of like Matthew was just saying, where he, he's looking for a job and, and the Brewers are, are offering it. Yeah, and, and I think with Moustakis, I think he learned a bit from from last year's free agent market because he had like a couple offers that were on the table. He declined looking for, you know, a little bit more money. And now I think if he gets, you know, a three-year offer for, you know, maybe around that 13, 12, 13, 14 million dollar range, I think he's just going to immediately jump at it because he knows like that offer is not going to last forever, and there's not always going to be a better offer coming up down the line. Mm, agreed. So that's Absolutely. yeah, that, that's where Moose is going. I know I know a lot of Brewers fans want to see him back, but and I think even if somehow Musakis still is on the free agent market, you know, late January, early February, Matthew, like you were saying, if he's still there. I think the Brewers could bring him back, but that's only if they were able to move Jonathan Scope this winter, because they're not going to bring Moose back while they while they would still have Scope and Shaw, yeah, and, and Perez that's... and Arcia and all those guys. They're not going to bring Moose back for that, and have another whole season with Travis Shaw, Jonathan Scope, and Mike Moustakis all trying to play two positions. It's not. That makes sense. It's yeah, not my, going to work. My big issue with Moustakis uh, and and the Brewers. Is, gonna, is a lot of the same as you would expect for me because I'm sure you guys remember that I'm fairly big into prospects coming up. But if you sign Moose to a multi-year deal uh, and you still have Shaw and Arcia and 
you know, if Perez sticks around, you have Dubon, who's who's going to uh, Mauricio Dubon, who's going to be ready for opening day from everything I've read. You have uh, and, and that also will wind up blocking out Keston Hyura, too, um, because he's he is progressing faster than I'm sure anybody thought. Um, so I just there's enough young guys coming up where I don't even think you need to spend the money on Moustakis um, just because. There's just a, a logjam happening of people who are ready or are right on the doorstep of being ready. Mm. Yeah, and actually, I, I, I was just gonna say with Mustakis, like even if they did sign him, it, it would only be a, a one-year deal. Like it wouldn't be a multi-year no. thing yeah, no. for for Mustakis if he were to come back to Milwaukee. Um, actually, I, I was just about to say that was, that was a really good call, saying that that's, that scope would have to go before they would bring back Mustakis at all. Um, I, th- I think it's a really good call by you. Yeah, that that would. Yeah, bringing back Moustakas would be dependent on a, on, a, on a scope deal, for sure. And 9 out of 10 Brewers fans, you would ask, would say, I'd rather have Moustakas than scope. So I think I would. I would, too. Yeah, because scope has been nothing but terrible since joining the Brewers. Yeah, I think you're rounding down when you say 9. <laughs> That's true. 99 out of 100. 100 out of 100. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, there, there are some that are going to be like, like you know, look at like what he did before. Like he could be that again. It was just a bad year. Like I've I've seen a couple people like that on Twitter. Not many, but I've seen a couple. Well, another thing to take into consideration is the hitting coach spot that's open too. Um, I know that we're talking about players, but that open spot, certain coaches are more apt for certain people. So um, I think that if maybe Moose fits a philosophy that scope doesn't there's a swap out there if they you know look for somebody and they think that that scope swing fits better with the philosophy or his approach fits better with the philosophy then uh i'm sure that they were they'll be more 100 percent in on scope so i think the coach is going to matter a lot too in that decision or could matter i guess Possibly. That, that is a fair point i i had not even thought about the hitting coach with uh with scope well i'm coming from the cardinals where we see how bad a hitting coach can be for people with john mabry I mean that was just awful. I, I was um, a White Sox fan during the Jeff Manto years. I can I can understand. So, everything that Mabry couldn't do during his career, which was quite a bit, the Cardinals couldn't do on the field. So it wasn't great. Well, uh, Jeff Manto decided to make Adam Dunn bad. <laughs> All of a sudden, he, he, yeah. Well, no, he, uh, it was like an organization, like a philosophy thing, where they, they suggested that he uh, he started swinging earlier in the count, and so he was replacing his outs. I'm sorry, he replaced his walks with outs. Good. It was terrible. Yeah, it's it's a rough time, but all right. So some other options. Jordan Lyles had his three and a half million dollar option declined. Uh, are either of you shocked? No. I can pretend to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right um we're not shocked uh i mean three and a half million for a guy who pitched like what 16 innings maybe if that yes i think that's accurate yeah and i mean he was he was decent you know he wasn't horrible in in those 16 he's, innings but he did have a clutch of- walk in, in that one extra inning game he had a clutch walk at the plate and ended up coming around to score to be the winning run and extra innings. So he'll always have that. But always? <laughs> well, for yeah. for at least And Tebow won a playoff game. Let it happen. <laughs> That's basically Jordan Lyle's big moment as a brewer. So So we'll always have I wonder that. if it was 
I wonder if it was Coles or Johnson that made the Brewers pitching staff such good hitters. So that 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 also <laughs> might be missed next season. I, I, it would have to be Coles, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> Maybe they're just naturally such good athletes that you know they're good enough hitters, anyways. They don't even need any of those coaches to help them. Yeah, probably not. Well, yeah, and, 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 honestly, you know, hitting coaches are all about the same. Well, except for John Mabry. <laughs> yeah. Or Chili Davis. <laughs> I've heard a lot of Cubs fans give or, their hate for Chili Davis. Or uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a few years ago they, they signed the, the Texas hitting coach, like the, the, the biggest con- – no, no, um, his name is Rudy Jaramillo, and he, he, he was like regarded as like this Texas hitting guru. And they signed him like the like the largest contract they've ever given a hitting coach, and he was just like you know like, like a, a regular coach. He was like nothing like remote. Like you know, he'd be out there with like the fungal bat and just being like, "All right, guys, let's you know let's get some practice in." And they're like you know, you're just like a regular coach. He's like, "Yes, I know, but they're paying me all this money." It's like, well, dang! Like he walked into those negotiations, like we'll make you the highest paid hitting coach ever. He'll be like, "Yep, all right, cool, sign me up." That happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, hitting coaches, they're, they're all, if you, if you like, you know, shake them up and, you know, we're to put, you know, re- reposition them all, you know, throughout the league, they, they would all be about the same. Yeah. Th- there's no like, like standout great hitting coaches that you just like have to have. There's a couple like pitching coaches like that, like Johnson, Mike Maddox, like guys like that, where it's like, you get them. It's like, this is a star pitching coach. There's mm-hmm. no one like that for a hitting coach. No one. They're really like. Yeah, like, uh, who, who's Rudy the best hitting Har- coach Harmio's, in the league? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, is, is the, the the contract for Jaramillo is uh, three years, two point four million dollars. I would take that to be a hitting coach, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I could tell guys how how I think they should hit for that much money. I can tell hey, them guys, how they're hitting for that much money. Like, yeah, not great. Uh, like, hey, good, you made contact s- there. Keep on doing that. <laughs> good job. Hey, you really swung the bat hard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Made good no, contact. No, the ball went far on that home run. Yeah, I I noticed you swung and missed. Next time, try to hit the ball. Yeah, if you can make contact, I, your odds of go, of getting on base really go up. You're in a slump. Have you tried looking at the ball? <laughs> That's what my high school to- coach told me. <laughs> that was right before he turned me into a pitcher. Uh, <laughs> my high school coach just said, "Yeah, you're a pitcher." I was like, "Okay, great." All right, cool. I'll just be over here doing my pitcher thing. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Jeremy Jeffers had his three point one seven five million dollar player option or club option picked up. Uh, are either of you shocked? No. No. All right. um, again, I can pretend to be, but why? I mean, I th- I think the only the the only backlash you get is the fans who don't understand the game or started being fans in the postseason are like, but he struggled, oh. and then you're like, but he had what a sub two one one point two nine ERA. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Ridiculous. Yeah, I think this is just my personal. Like, I haven't, I haven't like seen anything on this. I think he could have been tipping pitches in the postseason. That's what I think he could have done. Like, I mean, you saw with like Kimbrel, Severino, um, a couple other like really good pitchers in the postseason. Like, all of a sudden, it came out I was like, hey, these guys were tipping pitches, and that's why they're they're playing so terribly. And nothing really came out about Jeffers about it, but. I think that that's some that that could at least be an option for why he failed so miserably because like the pressure, I don't think the pressure gets to him because he was a closer in the regular season. He was dominant in September when the pressure was really on and like 
just all of a sudden getting into October and he just melts? Like I, I don't I don't buy that. Do, do you think there was a hidden injury? I don't I don't think there was a hidden injury. I, I mean, he was dealing with like the, the the like the neck spasms or the the seizures. He had like a seizure like kind of towards the end of the season, but. I think he was fine. Like, like they wouldn't put him out there if he wasn't fine, and they'd actually get like a fresh, like available arm, or like you know, even even with his like earlier struggles, they might have like, hey, you're struggling right now, and we're hi- we're trying to hide this injury, so they'd probably just you know just come out with the injury and then bring up a successful arm to put into that bullpen that that wasn't injured, if that was the case. I mean, but maybe he's hiding his own injury because he wants to pitch in the postseason and try to help the team. I mean, eh. if it's if it's not that bad, you, I mean, I know I would probably do the same thing in that scenario because they're professional athletes, they're competitive, um, and that's the stage that they want to be on. So if he's got something that that's going under the radar and the coaches aren't noticing, I don't know that he would volunteer it necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose we'll never really find out what happened, but nope. nope. Yeah. Uh, other player news today: Stephen Vote was reinstated from the 60-day DL and then placed on outright waivers, and he has elected free agency. So Stephen Vogt is now a free agent. Um, Matthew, do you see Vogt coming back to the Brewers at all? Maybe on a minor league deal if he'd take it, but I don't think so, no. No? You you just don't, don't think at all? Trevor, what about you? I don't think he – I mean, again, maybe on a minor league deal, but I'm not even sure then just – because, uh, and this is my inner prospect coming out, you're going to have to get um, Nottingham yeah, eventually up there if he's your guy. Um, I, and I can tell you the story of Carson Kelly over in St. Louis where they're waiting on Molina to start declining so they can kind of go half and half, and Molina's never declining apparently. <laughs> um, and Molina's so never they, going to go half and half. Like, yeah, he's like, so I'm they, starting uh, every single game of this season right. and you're not taking so, me out. Right, so the Cardinals keep signing these, you know, Francisco Peñas and people like that to be the backup while Carson Kelly gets his full swings in AAA and they bring him up to the majors and he can't hit anymore. So um, I think that they're going to want to try to avoid that with Nottingham. Yeah, and I, I think this offseason is going to be really telling of what they think of Nottingham because you, you look at Stephen Vogt and you look at Eric Kratz. I mean, they could not tender Kratz. Kratz could just retire. He's going to be 39 next year. No one really knows what, what he's going to do, if, if he's going to try to come back or if he's just going to hang it up. But if Steven Vogt isn't brought back and Eric Kratz isn't brought back and the Brewers don't add anyone in, in free agency or in a trade at the catcher position and it's just Manny Pena and Jacob Nottingham, that's going to tell you that they still really believe in Nottingham and his future with, with his bat and everything else. But if... If they go out and like get someone, if they bring Stephen Vogt back on, you know, maybe a major league deal, or or they go out and get a guy like Yasmani Grandal or Wilson Ramos, you know, that's gonna say, hey, we don't think Nottingham's the guy, so we're gonna sign or get one of these other guys to try to look at a long term future at the catcher position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I, I can't just. I'd love to disagree with you. I really can't. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's Nottingham's. It it took him a while since since the Brewers got him. He's been in the Brewers organization for like what three years now, three four years, and he was yeah, in Double A for like two of them. And he hit like two ten when he was down there. And like his big thing was his bat, 
and he was hitting like 210 with nine homers. And it's like, what is this? But, I mean, he had a really good year in, in 2018 up in AAA, and now he's – I think he's basically just about ready. But this offseason, like what, what they do with vote Kratz and any potential free agent or trade options is really going to be telling of what they think of Jacob Nottingham for me. Yeah, I agree, and and I mean, I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but I'm fairly certain that Nottingham came out of high school, um, yeah, into the league, and and those guys sometimes their bats, um, you know, even if that's their marquee tool, sometimes it just takes them a little bit to develop it, and and uh, it, it always, you know, I've heard it said a ton at least that you can't really judge a player's bat until double A, and so he reached double A and he had to adjust, but I, I think he'll be fine. I don't know that 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 elongated time is going to mean much. I I still think he can be the Brewers catcher. Um, So I I wouldn't anticipate any other moves. I think they would go forward with uh, Pena and Nottingham. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see him doing that. I mean, there are other real – I mean, there aren't really very many options on the free agent market, but – How about the trade market? Okay, yeah, you're – okay. JT Romuto is obviously the top option on the, on the trade market for catchers and everything. He's one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. But the Marlins have a giant asking price for Romuto. And, I mean, they're asking for Victor Robles from the Nationals, and he's like a top-five prospect in baseball. So if the Brewers were to try to acquire Romuto, you'd have to think Keston Hira is oh, yeah. going to Miami. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, And even, I mean, you, you saw their – I mean – the the Marlins did really well when they traded Yelich and they traded uh, Ozuna. They got some really good prospects back, and they're in that they? mode where they're just trying to get. I was just about to ask that same question. David. Amazing prospects, and so I don't even think it'd be worth looking at Real Muto, just because you know the Brewers. Uh, you gave away the prospects to get Yelich, and that one turned out fine. And you didn't give up. Fine, I think it turned too. out more than fine. Right. Yeah, okay. You, treat, you, know, you, got, you got an MVP. That turned out utterly fantastic. How about that? there you go. That's um, better. There you go. That's it's better. My tip. point being that you didn't. I mean, yeah, you lost Brinson, but you have great outfielders anyway, and and so um, you didn't lose anything too huge there. But then you gave up a ton to get scope too, and and you yeah, gave up. You, know, <laughs> you gave up a hefty price to get. Uh, you know, well, probably not as hefty as it could have been, but to get Moose. So I just think that you've traded away a lot of your farm system to get these players that helped you that helped. They were good trades. I'm not knocking the trades at all, but that's why I think that you just kind of pull back on rail Muto because if you think you have Nottingham, then there's no need to dump any more prospects, you know, outside of your organization. Okay. Trevor, quick question. What's the purpose of a Marion league system? Uh, development. Uh, no, it's, isn't it to, to, to bring players to the major leagues? I think we just said the same thing. No, we didn't. <laughs> you um, had to know where he was going. Well, no, because I, I think the purpose of, of a minor league system is you know is to bring players to the major leagues, either through development or through trades. So okay. if you're if you're getting a major league level, a major league caliber player in the trade, does it really matter that you're giving up prospects? That's you know that's a fair point. I I can't argue that at all. Yeah. It's just that finding those quality enough big leaguer or or those minor leaguers, it's just having enough to either develop to come up to your own major league team or to trade to other ones for big league players. 
after all the trades that they made, they're running a bit thin on on those types of players, which I think is what Trevor's trying to get at. Right. It, 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 as, as long as you're able to you know restock the major leagues with talent, I don't you really care where it comes from, either internally or externally. Either way, you know, talent is talent. That's a very That's Doug Melvin mentality. <laughs> is it? It is. Because Doug Melvin sold the farm a couple of times, and I, I don't think David Stearns is like David Stearns is obviously different than, than Melvin, and, and Stearns is he's not going to be as as liberal, I think, with with that uh, with the farm system and just giving up guys for for that big league impact guy. I mean, he did it with Yelich, but I don't think he he's going to do that again for a couple years, just because of the core they have in place. And you know, he really doesn't need to do that. And they just got to keep on restocking the the system and just find enough guys to you know just keep that perennial. Uh, group of players that that can challenge for a title and have a a sustained period of success rather than just a short tiny window Mm. and those trades do also kind of can i mean trades can work both ways but my point because you look at the trade that brought in hater and that brought in that was a great um, trade right great trade right exactly so that's that it, I feel like that kind of trade also works to, towards you know what I was trying to say, where you can you know these guys, whether you trade them to get major league talent or not, or you you build them up, they can turn out to be solid major leaguers. I think, I think haters turned out so far to be a fairly solid major leaguer. I think you can make an argument. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's uh, that that works. Yeah. All right. All right. Um. Just kind of moving on from our from our trade discussion here. So the Brewers have a bunch of players kind of going into uh, arbitration here, and there's bound to be at least a couple of non-tender candidates. Um, you know, they aren't good enough to get tendered a spot on the big league roster for the next season, so the team could just non-tender them and let them go into free agency and let someone else pick them up. And uh, for you guys, Matthew, we'll start with you. Uh, who's your kind of big non-tender candidate right now for the Brewers? Biggest non-tender candidate? It's it's got to be Jonathan Scope. Oh yeah, you were, yeah. you were saying this last week that uh that you think Scope is going to be non-tendered. Um, He's got to be. I mean, do you think they just completely give him up for for nothing and just put him on the free agent market? I, I kind of think they have to. I, I I can't see I can't see how you can carry that contract. You trade for that him. player. You you tender him and you trade him, or you trade him before the de- the non tender deadline. I, just, I I I can't imagine. There's, I I just I can't imagine there's much of a market for him. You know? Really, for a guy if who once could... hit nearly 300 with 30 homers and and 100 RBIs. I mean that was like two seasons ago or like a season or two ago. I mean yeah he had a terrible 2018 season, but he's. 27 and like he's he's shown to be a good player in the past like you don't think someone will, will at least give you something for him i w- okay what is some i mean are we talking like a bag of balls here i mean okay i mean something that that's at least worth like trading him for like what the brewers gave up and what they can no try to get back i mean i'm not like there's, an, there's I mean, no 
there's there's no way they get back what they traded for him. No way. I mean, not exactly what they trade for him because now it, it's only one year of control instead of a year and a half. So it's it's a less yeah. value that way, and especially coming off a bad year. But I mean, you could at least get you know a prospect or two, or or you could get you know a, a pretty good bullpen arm maybe, or or something like you can get. I don't know. I gotta disagree. I'm sorry. I don't I, see it. I, yeah, I don't see it either. I thought the Brewers overpaid for him. Sure did I. Well, especially after and, they got Mustakis, I'm just like, what? Why did you get him? You just got Mustakis and Shaw at second. It, this makes no sense. It, I, I, you know, I can't. I'm not David Turns. I can't answer that. But I just, I think they, they paid. It's a case where they they overpaid for him, and they're not going to be. You, know, you can't recoup that value in a trade, and his contract is kind of ridiculous. So, I think he's a non-tender candidate. I really do. It, it depends on if another team sees him and thinks, you know, if we can just get him out of Milwaukee, get get him someplace else, you know, they they can they can fix him because in 2017, he had 293, 32 homers, 105 RBIs, he had 35 doubles, he was an All Star, he finished 12th in the MVP voting. Okay, like he's a pretty good player. Like he he averaged like 25, 30 homers. Like he's a 25, 30 homer kind of guy. And he can hit for a decent average for the most part. Didn't show it in Milwaukee, but for the most part, he can. So I think you're good. there's going to be at least some team. Like, you're not going to get the entire – you're not going to get a package like VR, Luis Ortiz, and Gene Carmona back in return for him. No, because you, you lost that half season, and he's coming off a bad year. But you could at least get, you know, one or two, you know, good players that can possibly be an, be an impact – or at least a player on your big league team in the future. Honestly, I, I, th- I think they might get like a name or two off a Dominican off a Dominican summer league team, but that's about it. I just I don't I, I don't it it's not it's 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 not just the half season. It's also the extra extra couple million dollars. I don't yeah the, I don't the think ten million worth, the ten million arbitration that that's that's, that's a tough number a for mon- any team. A monster number for him. So. I just, I, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't, I, I really don't. I, I think he's a non tender guy. I really do. So, yes. Yeah, Trev, thoughts? Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's a non tender guy, but I don't think it'd be tough to trade him. The only, the only trade I can really think through, and it might even be a stretch, is I don't even think you get a player back for him. You might, you might be able to deal him away for some, um, international bonus pool money from a team that doesn't hit the international hard or might be under some sort of uh, penalty. I, I don't know if they're... I mean, trade them back but, to Baltimore for international bonus pool money. <laughs> they love I mean, trading it away. <laughs> I mean, that's about... that. I mean, that's about all I can think you'd really get. You might be able to get a low, low level, like a, a guy who may or may not have a future who they might thought but has been struggling or... I don't know, but I just I don't think you can trade him. But I also I don't really see him being non-tendered either. So it's an interesting situation. I don't think they should have gotten him in the first place. No, Great. but but we're here now, and he's with <laughs> Brewers. But see, one thing I th- I thought that the Brewers could have done is maybe trade him to the Yankees for Sonny Gray, because I mean Sonny Gray they kind of want to get him out of New York, and he hasn't played well there. And you know with with his arbitration thing, it's like okay, we need to get rid of Sonny Gray. And it's like, okay, sounds perfect. Like, you get Sonny Gray, potential ace guy in Milwaukee, get rid of Jonathan Scope. He can go help out the Yankees or something. They have the money to pay him. And Sonny Gray could come back 
and work with his college coach, Derek Johnson. But now, all of a sudden, Derek Johnson isn't here. And I think that the Sonny Gray option now just kind of goes out the window because there's no reason to acquire him because the Brewers don't have his former college pitching coach that can help fix him. i got to say that um, even if Derek Johnson was still with Milwaukee, it sounds like the first part of your plan that you didn't say was drugging the entire Yankees front office. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you really think it's that bad of a deal? Yes. I think it's a terrible deal. (laughs) I mean, they have Torres and Duhar, Gregorius. Gregorius is out for all of next year. Okay. Oh, darn. So what do they fill with? (laughs) So they they can fill with Scope, who's only under contract for one year. Oh, Lord. Yeah. (sighs) You try that. Let me know how it goes. Well, we can't anymore because... We have we have our faux GM meeting coming up. You pitch that to uh, Yanks Go Yard. All right. I will do that. I will see what they say. <laughs> Hopefully they don't laugh in my face. Oh, they'll curse you out. Come on. They're from New York. Yeah, that's true. They'll curse my face and then laugh at me. Oh, Sonny Gray is still arbitration eligible. Yeah, so he's he's going through arbitration. Scope's going through arbitration. Oh, Neither same t- guy. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> you, you've changed my mind completely. Yeah. Oh, so no. both both teams want want to get rid of him, and you know they they need a new change of scenery. Hey, I'm just saying. The I'm day just, you I'm, see GMs go, hey, we both we both want to get rid of these guys. Let's just swap them and see what happens. <laughs> is <laughs> a long way off. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that happens. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> my uh, my other non-tender candidate is Tyler Saladino, because really, with the infield group the Brewers have, uh, there's really no room for Saladino. He's he's a Triple A player uh, in the Brewers organization. I mean, he's up for arbitration. I I don't see any way the Brewers bring him back on a major league contract. Yeah, I can't see it either. Um, I think the only other name that I would throw in there, at least for a discussion, is uh, is Kratz. I mean, I know he was great at the end of the year, but like you said, he's he's on the wrong side of thirty five, and uh, <laughs> and you're believing, um, you know, you're believing in Nottingham, in my opinion, and and so I don't think you have room for Kratz, and you just move forward with Pena and, and Nottingham. So I think Kratz is definitely in that discussion. I mean. Uh, he'd almost have to be. Isn't it amazing how Eric Kratz is about to be 39 and he's still arbitration eligible? Yeah. I I think that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> I think that explains why he's a non-tender candidate. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, man. Yeah, Eric Kratz. It, it was a fun ride with Eric Kratz this year, but I, I don't know if it's uh, going to be a, a you know next year type thing as well. All right, so one of the one of the great moments when his buddies came wearing all of his jerseys. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah. cool. It's a good thing he has a lot of friends because that's it's a lot of jerseys there. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, so free agency is about to get underway officially. Uh, players can sign with with new teams in, in a couple days here, or is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow or uh, five days after the end of the season. 
Yeah, so five, five days after the World Series, and the World Series ended on Sunday? Saturday? Yeah, I think it's accurate. So Friday? Friday or Saturday is when it can officially start. So we'll maybe see a flurry of signings. Probably not uh, no. <laughs> on the day it opens. But all right. So with free agency basically set to begin, uh, let's just kind of go over each of us. I mean, we came up with one big free agent target, just one free agent target for the Brewers to go after this offseason. Uh, Trevor, even though you're now writing for the Cardinals or whatever, but you you still know basically at, at least a decent amount about this Brewers team. What is one free agent target you would have for, for the Brewers to go after? Uh, well, I think almost universally in the uh, in the major leagues, people are waiting for Friday to see what happens with Kershaw. But um, um, I think they, they need to go after a pitcher like that. I, I, I think Kershaw is working on an extension with the Dodgers, so I don't see him hitting the free agent market um, at all. Right. But um, I like Dallas Keuchel a lot. Um, I think – I mean, I just think the Brewers need an arm like that. Uh, so I, I not necessarily would want to pay Corbin – uh, I think he had a really good year. I don't know that he's going to be worth the money he's going to get. Um, good for him for getting the money. Yet. I mean, but I just don't think that's it. I think maybe you, you could try to get Keiko or maybe an, another guy who's uh, fairly under the radar that kind of showed some stuff is uh, Nathan Eovaldi. I mean, his postseason name mm-hmm. could make him really interesting this uh, in this free agent market. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Evaldi's a guy, it's like, you think of him, it's like, okay, yeah, he, he kind of had good stuff, but he was, like, never a great pitcher, like, over his career. And, I mean, he's had, like, what, two Tommy John surgeries now, and he's, but, I mean, he came back, he was lighting it up, throwing, like, 102, like, he was just throwing gas. And, and worth 2.2 war last season, so he's, I mean, he he's done his part, but the question is, does he move the needle enough? Um, I'd say he's better than Wade Miley. But yeah, that's just <laughs> well. Wade Miley throws ninety-one on a good day, and Ivaldi throws one hundred and two, and can just give you as many innings as he can until his arm falls off. Right, but again, if you're looking for that front of the line guy, I don't know that Ivaldi is going to be that. Um, no, I, I think know, he's a two or a three at, at best. Right, and so I think if you're going for that front of the line guy, I would I would target Dallas. All right, Matthew. What about you? Who is who is your free agent target? Or are we talking like guy I wish I could have or guy I think is realistic? Guy, guy you want the Brewers to go after. Yeah, it's Dallas Keuchel. Oh, okay. I'm a Dallas Keuchel guy. I am. So. Big, big Dallas Keuchel guy. I am. See, I, I do like Dallas Keuchel. What, number one, he's left-handed. And we just had an article go up on, on the site today uh, that, I, that I wrote about how the Brewers have basically no left-handed pitching in their organization. I, I looked through the organization. I found three starting pitchers that are left-handed in the entire organization. Big leagues to rookie ball. You have Brent Suter out for 2019 with Tommy John. You have Cameron yep. Rogner, a 22nd-round pick that was in double-A this year. And then Aaron hey. and then Aaron Ashby, a fourth-round pick from, from June. I, I do. I'm a, big, I'm a big Aaron Ashby guy. but oh, big, so big Aaron Ashby guy. But I, I he's also Ashby, several years away from the big leagues. Yeah, that's also true. So but I mean, there's also- there's like no left-handed starting pitching throughout the entire organization. 
I, I looked through like the depth charts on of every other team. The Brewers have the least amount of left-handed starters in their organization of all the big league clubs. Like, you have to address this somehow. Like, there, there's none at the big league level with Wade Miley and Gio Gonzalez likely leaving. There's none at AAA. The closest one is Cameron Rogner, at, at, and he made it up to AA this year for five starts. And he started the year at high A Carolina. Like, that's all that they have for left-handed pitching. So getting a guy like Keuchel, left-handed starting pitcher, you know, get him for multiple years, someone who can just be a rock in that rotation that's left-handed, that, that's something that the Brewers have been missing for a while now. So I, I really do like Dallas Keuchel, but his agent being Scott Boris just kind of makes it more complicated for me because Scott Boris always wants you know the extra big money deals, and I don't, I don't know if the Brewers are going to be able and willing to to pay that. Yeah, Boris's name can be kind of scary, but also I mean, his players didn't sign till late last year, so you got to hope that he learned I, I, something. Um, <laughs> good good luck with that and, for Scott Boris. And, I know, but I think, I mean, I also think if I'm, I might be wrong about this, but I'm fairly certain that uh, he represents Trevor Rosenthal too, who's already signed. Mm. Um, but Rosenthal is so, a much different case than Dallas Keuchel. I, I'm aware, but at least we're seeing Boris Klein sign, is my opinion. Plus, we're forgetting the Brewers' history, and uh, I think they're going to sign outfielders this, this offseason. That's oh, yeah. their move. <laughs> I mean, um, they're I about due to get another Michael two Brantley outfielders. Pollock, I think Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock are kind of on their way in already. Yeah, get get Michael Brantley back to Milwaukee. Just kind of the old, old trades. Bring those guys back when we traded Brantley for CC Sabathia back in 08. Now, now get him back. Same way, same way the Brewers got back Kane. In 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 2018, they you know they hacked you know bullpen usage and were using their bullpen differently from everybody. In in 20 in in 2019, outfielders, four of them, (laughs) regular basis. I mean, it's it's not a gimmick for pull hitters like Joey Gallo. It is every single batter four outfielders yep i mean if you really want i think you could get brantley and sabathia this offseason so uh and sabathia is a lefty yeah <laughs> P- putting the band back together <laughs> let's let's all go in a time machine head on back to 2008 you know what they're going to be the first team to win with an entire roster of players they used to have <laughs> <laughs> The entire team is in their second stint with the Milwaukee Brewers. Hitting coach, Prince Fielder. Yes. Now that that's an option. No. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, it's not an option. But Have you seen that one uh, account on Twitter, like Brewer World or something? It's like, oh, yeah, Bill Schroeder is one of the candidates to be the uh, hitting coach and Jerry Augustine the pitching coach. I'm like, okay, yeah, you just – you're not that funny. Aren't those guys in their 60s? Yeah, they're also not trying to be the coaches on on the staff at all. It's 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 kind of funny. Yeah, they're just. I think I think he's like just trying to be funny, but he also tries to claim to be a legit source. So I, I really don't know what 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 to make of that. But yeah, well, well speaking of old Brewers, actually, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, if, here comes a story. If, uh, if Arizona's doing their. Uh, their fire sale, you can bring Grinky back in too. I mean, this is getting legitimate. Yeah. You could do this. We'll get Grinky. We'll get. Uh, we need to trade for Eric Cos. No, not Eric Cosman. We need to trade for Alcides Escobar. We need to 
Get, uh, man, who else? Jonathan Lucroy is a free agent. Jonathan Lucroy is a free agent. That that actually, do you think that could be an option? This way? Like if the Brewers try to go for a free agent catching option. Lucroy has been no. terrible everywhere outside of Milwaukee. Like a Jeffress and, type thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> he just doesn't have success outside of the Brewers. So maybe bring him back. Next thing you know, he's hitting 280 with 20 homers again. And it's like, hey, look what we got here. You can can go back and trade for VR. That would technically be his second stint. This is doable. (laughs) We can do this, you guys. That's what we should do at the fan-sided faux GM simulation. Just try to get all of of the Brewers' old players back. Awesome. (laughs) I can't wait. This should be so much fun. Um, I'm going to throw another um, free agent option out here at you guys because you both said Dallas Keuchel. Um, if the Brewers move on from Jonathan Scope at second base, you know maybe they can bring in. Maybe they would bring in a veteran stopgap in case you know Mauricio Dubon. Like they don't want to go with him because he hasn't made his major league debut yet, and it depends on what they could see in spring training. But for maybe a veteran stopgap in the middle infield, what about a guy like Jed Lowry? He's thirty-five. Could like he's been a pretty solid hitter the past couple years out in Oakland. He's going to be a free agent. Maybe he could be an option if they move on from Scope. Have you learned nothing, Neil Walker's out there? Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, what what did Neil Walker hit this year? I don't know what you're thinking, man. Uh, Neil Walker is worth point one WAR. If that helps, that does not help anyone actually. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I understand the stopgap, and I, I think that's. Interesting. I don't know that Jed Lowry would necessarily do that just because he he had such a good year. I know he's 35, um, so that would be interesting to try. I'm not really sure um, that he'd be the guy you'd want to do that. He might be an expensive stopgap for a year. But maybe like, uh, I hate to say this, but maybe an Ian Kinsler, 37 years old, who's kind of... I I wanted him last year and everybody laughed at me. Yeah. He, I mean, if that's what he can be, your stopgap. I, I think Kinsler would serve that purpose really well. Yeah, just I'm just throwing it out there. I, I'm just or, and again, this is just a theory. But if uh, Cincinnati wants to steal Derek Johnson, you can sign uh, Brett Phillips to do that and throw their former star back in their face. <laughs> we'll get everyone back. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Eric Sogard's available. That's see, that's an article that somebody needs to go into is creating a twenty-five or you know, a twenty-five man roster of players on their second stint. Like you can keep Lorenzo Kane. Just all these active players and just bring them back. Just trade for all of them, sign them. It'll be great. I wonder if Richie Sexton is still playing. Nope. Not professionally. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get Niger Morgan back. That's what we need. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can think of a right. I think I can think of a writer reviewing the brew that would agree with this plan. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm now searching the free agent list for people who. Uh, used I to already play did it. There there aren't many. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you, you can only go so many off seasons at a time. Like maybe maybe next off season there will be more, and then you can just keep on. Filling out that roster. Um, Maybe. All of a sudden, a 37-year-old Eric Sogard is leading you to a World Series championship. <laughs> wow. Hey, He's only I'm 33. 
Hey, it's going to take a few years to get all the guys back. So. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you have to convince the fan base to get rid of Yelich, and it's this whole thing. Yeah, that that's going to be a, a tough task there. Uh, but again, an interesting article to look into. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your for your help there, Trevor. Appreciate hey, it. What I'm here for. Appreciate it. If you, I mean, in our group chat, I'm pretty much there to make weird comments. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Like suggesting you do a Tim Dillard year in review. Yeah. Although that's not bad. He that'd be a good one. Uh huh. Sure. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim Dillard with the Milwaukee Brewers year in review. Well. He was here uh, out in right field for a couple of days. Uh, wasn't like wasn't actually Twitter. on the grass, but we like him on Twitter. Yeah, great guy, absolutely. <laughs> All right, it is finally time for our mailbag segment here, and just just a small mailbag today. But all right, so Marcel. Um, asked us this and I think we kind of just answered it here in our free agent target thing but he said if you had to pick of available aces as the Brewers GM congrats on the new job by the way uh, who would you spring for and why so of the available aces including Dallas Keuchel uh, who would you guys go for well again uh, Keuchel obviously <laughs> also for some reason uh, if for some reason um to, it doesn't work out with Kershaw and the Dodgers. I think you just throw all of your money at him and and rename the stadium Kershaw Stadium, whatever he needs, and you just say, "Hey, come on, like you're you're coming here." Um, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. <laughs> Are you? Well, I mean, Kurt. Look, Kershaw obviously won't one of the best pitchers of the past, however many years. Like he he's the best pitcher of our generation, but. Those back injuries over the past couple of years scare me. You know, his diminished velocity scares me. I mean, signing Kershaw to a long-term deal with big money, I mean, 30 plus million a year it's probably going to cost. That's that's a little little much for what he's probably going to end up doing over these next couple of years because, you know, with the way his body's kind of been breaking down over the past couple of seasons, you know, with how many innings he's logged on his arm, I don't think he can keep it up for much longer. I think we're starting to see the decline of Clayton Kershaw. Are we seeing the decline? He was worth, I mean, was he worth over three war? I'm pretty sure in his decline with a diminished velocity and his 2018 ERA was 2.73. If that's a decline, I want that. (laughs) I want all of my players to decline like that. Well, you know, he usually had a, you know a sub two ERA for about three straight years. Well, still, if you're declining and you're still under three, I understand that you're not pitching as well. But well, it's the beginning. He's he's not like you know, mid decline. I'm not saying he's already washed up, but I don't know. I still give him the money. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think if you're doing that, you're assuming you win a World Series next year. And just get like all the value out yeah. of them that year. But like, I mean, look where, at Kershaw. Where are the Brewers right now. I mean, I guess. Yeah. The the last time I mean, Kers- that's where the Brewers are. The last time Kershaw made thirty plus starts in a season was 2015. He made 21 in 2016, 27 in 2017, and 26 this year. So he's at 149 innings, 175. Then he was at 161 this inning. You know, he really hasn't. 
you know, been that that workhorse out there every fifth day. You know, he's had those those nagging injuries that that he's dealt with, and that that's why for me, I, I'm at least, you know, having concern and showing a little bit of pause over just immediately jumping at Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I can see it. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, Dallas Keuchel is kind of our the number one on on our list for the available aces, and because I mean, Kershaw, he's probably not going to go on the open market anyways. But I mean, right. number one, we're probably going to have Keuchel. A theoretical argument. <laughs> yeah, and we get all worked up over it. Uh, but then at, at number two, probably for us would be would be Corbin. But that, that's just. That's just what I think. But I don't know if they're going to get either of those two guys just because of the money that they want. Well, and if you don't, you don't get an ace in the free agent market. I mean, I mean, after if you're looking at the uh, at least by uh, the MLB posted all their free agents and they posted them by war, um, which isn't the most helpful. But you go Corbin Kershaw uh, or Corbin Keiko Kershaw. And then it drops off to like Hap, Charlie Morton, Lance Lynn, Cece Sabathia, Anibal Sanchez. So. If you don't get one of those three, you're not getting an ace unless you're banking on Matt Harvey remembering how to pitch. Oh, yeah. I, I think if we if we didn't get Matt Harvey to trade in, we're probably not getting Matt Harvey now. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, especially now that the Reds have Derek Johnson to to help fix him. Although you could bring yeah. Giovanni Gallardo back, and Bartolo Colon is also on the free agent list. I'm just saying. Let's get Bartolo Colon. Just for the fun of it. Good, good with it. He, oh, he'd, he'd be a rock star in Milwaukee. Send him up well, there as a pinch can, hitter. And you know he can hit. And that's part of what it takes to be on the Brewers pitching staff, I'm told. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> My sources can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Giovanni Gallardo, another big help for that uh, get the old Brewers back together on the uh, second stint squad. How is he going to pitch with a giant fork sticking out of his back? I don't know. I mean, he tried to do it in spring training. Didn't really work. Do, do no, you guys remember that that Giovanni Gallardo was with the Brewers in spring training this year? Yes, he was. Yeah, yes. he was not good. This would be his third stint. I mean, can we call it a stint if he if he didn't make the big league club? Maybe not, but I mean, he was. I, don't know. I I had him as a dark horse to make it, and then he didn't. So I looked dumb. So I should probably not talk about him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think any like none of us really thought that Wade Miley could have done what he did. So then, no. Then we could just say that we all looked dumb, but well, but no one no one expected think, that from Wade Miley. I think that's smart money is that he wouldn't have done that. That's true, and but I but he made us all look dumb in the end. I said, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think he can do it again. No, neither do I. All right. It is now time for the Hot Take Corner. And for our, I mean, I've, we've already kind of come up with a couple of hot takes here throughout the, throughout the pod, but all right, uh, Trevor, you've had some, some hot takes coming up throughout. What, what do you have here now for the, for the hot take corner, what, what, do you do? You have anything especially juicy for us? Um, Trevor, do you, do you want me? Do you want me to go first? I would love for you to go first. Okay, yeah, Matthew, you go I'm first. Honestly, being caught off guard by okay. this a little bit. My hot take is that the Milwaukee Brewers do not spend a single dollar 
on a free agent position player. Oh. Okay. Okay, not a single major league dollar on a position player. Correct. Free agent position player. Right. So they don't make any additions at second base. They don't make anything at catcher. Outfield, nope. they pretty much already got squared away. All right. I, th- I think they're gonna make. A, I think they're gonna make a trade at catcher. Oh, you don't actually think that? Why not? Are Are you gonna sit there and actually defend that the Brewers should trade for JT Real Muto? Absolutely. Oh, didn't we go over this earlier about how that's a bad idea? Stop it! It's a fantastic idea. Okay. Just, you know, it's never going to happen, right? I don't know that. You didn't. Did you think they were going to trade for Christian Yelich last year? I mean, it wasn't basically a guaranteed no. I don't think this is a guaranteed no either. You you don't think Keston Hura plus other prospects is a guaranteed no from David Stearns? No. Man, all right. We'll we'll see how this goes. If they trade for him. I'll eat my words, but I am. I wouldn't get your hopes too high for JT Romuto trade. I, I don't. I, my hopes aren't high, but I. I think that's the move they should make. All right. That's that. Also, you have a double hot take today. <laughs> so we've already got two. Um, Trevor, are you are you just going to try to steal one of his, or or do you have one? Um, I, I'm just thinking and looking and and if things shake out the right way i think that there's a legitimate chance that uh well first of all you're not i don't think david stern's trades keston higher i think that um at all but i think her um that he could make his major league debut before the all-star break there's oh. my hot take okay it's a good one all right yeah i mean i i haven't pegged for september so yeah that that works as a that works as a hot take um all right my hot take for the hot take corner, uh, I am going to say the Brewers should sign Jonathan Lucroy back this winter. Because of what I said earlier, I mean, he has success in a Brewers uniform, and he hasn't done as much since. You could, you know, buy low on free agency and just bring him back on, on kind of a one-year deal and see what he can do when he's back in Milwaukee. And even though he's a bit older, he's he's not as reliable. He could still kind of do do the uh, the tandem with Manny Pena, and from there, you never know what can happen. So th- that's my hot take. Jonathan Lucroy should come back to Milwaukee. You you guys are awkwardly silent. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. <laughs> So we, I, we, we say no to JT Real Muto at any price, but bring back Jonathan Lucroy. <laughs> yeah. Because right. Jonathan Lucroy will not cost you Keston Hira. Okay. He might cost you like what, two, maybe three million in free agency, get given like what he's played at for the past couple of years. Cost you a couple million bucks. Uh, I have a, I have a question for you actually about this. Uh, oh boy. David. All right. Okay. Are you trying out the drugs you're planning to use on the Yankees front <laughs> office? <laughs> <laughs> Got you good. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Because Look. if you are, that scope trade is a genius one. 
Oh, Trev. You you don't even you don't even know, man. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean is it really that Are you awful? seeing the hotel ghosts right now too, David? What, all three of them? <laughs> They're behind me, aren't they? Ghosts ghost aren't real. <laughs> well, you know, they might not be real, but Carlos Martinez and Marcelo Zuna saw them, and then they took, uh, um, or they went to Francisco Pena's room to be safe, and they all slept in that room that night and then played terribly that series. Are you kidding? That didn't happen. What? That whole, what I just said? Did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. You can look at it. On, it's on Carlos Martinez's Instagram. <laughs> Have you not watched The Shining, Matthew? When I was a kid, yeah. It was a long time ago. Okay, well, that's basically The Fister. Even though it's a hotel in Colorado, but kind of a similar thing. Although I don't know if Stephen King has stayed there. But it's a haunted hotel. I don't don't know why, like, the Brews don't have, or I don't know why, like, other teams don't be like, let's put ourselves up in a different hotel. But yeah, why would you keep staying if it's haunted? Well, first off, ghosts aren't real, so I, I understand why they keep staying there. But the players believe it. Well, it's, it doesn't make it. You, you also believe Jonathan Lucre is a good player, so. All right. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> it's the hot take corner. That's. I came in with the hottest take I could think of. Well, I didn't scorched. know we can. I didn't. I didn't know hot takes mean wild accusations. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, not I that new, wild. Okay, wait. I have a new hot take. Actually. Oh God. <laughs> I think the Brewers actually are going to bring back Eric Kratz and then flip him for Mike Trout straight up. <laughs> wow. I must say, I must say nothing. Is that a hot? Does that count as a hot take? Yes. Oh, it's, it's a ridiculous take. <laughs> that, that that's that's even worse than, than Skip Bayless level. Well, I thought we were just making wild accusations to see what sticks. It's not going to stick. Okay. Well, I tried. You, you'd have. I mean, yeah. I don't know. All right. So this There's has been. There's more of a chance they sign Lacroix. I will. Obviously, I'm not that dumb, guys. I would hope or not. Maybe I am. Who knows. Yeah, jury's still out. We'll find out. You got a college degree though, so you're good. All right, uh, this concludes a wild episode of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Uh, be sure to tune in every week. I'm sure to read articles on reviewingthebrew.com. I'd like to thank Rance. what and Redbird Rants. Yeah, and and check out Trevor's stuff on Redbird Rants if you want to keep up on what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, so that they can stay in third place in the NL Central next year. So be sure to be sure to check out Trevor over there. Um, Trevor, uh, thanks for joining us on, on the pod this week. It was uh, a lot of fun having you on, even though you accused me of taking lots of drugs. Yeah, well, I was, I was happy to be here. It was a lot of fun. I'm sure that uh, after tonight, I, we'll see if I – I think the hot take is that I might get invited back. So we'll see. <laughs> You'll be <Yeah>. back. <laughs> Yeah, and the oh, but thank you for having on the me. final season. No, yeah, absolutely. It was it was great having you, Trev and Matthew. It was great catching up with you as well. We haven't done this in like a week, but uh, yep, yeah, it's been yeah. a week since I saw you. 
Yeah, it'll be another week till we see each other again. Uh, yep. <laughs> all right, yeah, but uh, good good show, you guys, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, so that concludes this edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tune in next week. <laughs>